Girl podcast, we review the importance of anemia or hemoconcentration on blood glucose measurements when using point of care, or what we're going to call POC, glucometers in our veterinary patients. Most veterinary emergency hospitals utilize a triage protocol for the initial workup of unstable emergencies. An essential part of this triage workup includes limited blood work, what that girl calls the big four, pack cell volume, or PCB, total solids, or TS, blood glucose, or BG, and BUN, or azostrip. We use these simple blood tests to evaluate some of the key blood work indicators of disease. The ability to quickly measure blood glucose on triage in our canine and feline patients can help trigger the administration of life-saving measures such as dextrose administration to a hypoglycemic patient. The portable handheld glucometers have become widely used in veterinary hospitals for their ability to measure blood glucose levels quickly and with a small volume of blood, such as one drop. The first POC glucometers utilized by veterinary professionals were from the human medical field and lacked the mathematical algorithms to account for species differences. These devices produce error in measuring canine and feline blood glucose levels. With the newer POC glucometers, we can now account for differences between canine and feline blood samples. However, a continued limitation of the POC glucometer is that blood samples with PCBs higher or lower than the reference range produce a clinically significant error in glucose measurement. In hemoconcentrated samples, the lower ratio of plasma to red blood cells means that less plasma interfaces with the test reagents. This results in a falsely lowered blood glucose measurement compared to lab values. Vice versa, the hemodilute samples, where there's a higher ratio of plasma to red blood cells, so more plasma interfaces with the reagents, can produce a falsely elevated blood glucose level compared to lab values. You're probably thinking, how in the world am I going to remember that? Well, my little hint, I clinically think of two cases I see a lot in the ER the hemorrhagic gastroenteritis patient, or HGE patient, and the hemoabdomen patient. Before these POC glucometer studies came out, I always saw a low blood glucose in my HGE patients, making me concerned that they were really hemoconcentrated, hypoglycemic, and septic. Likewise, in my anemic hemoabdomen patients, I was always seeing a high blood glucose, what I was claiming was from a stress of death, hyperglycemia. So think of the common clinical picture to remember the effect of POC glucometers on blood glucose. Anyway, Lane and all at the University of Georgia wanted to assess if point-of-care glucometers were accurate in hemodiluted or hemoconcentrated canine blood samples. The purpose of their study was to first devise a mathematical correction formula to improve upon the error created by hemodilute and hemoconcentrated samples on POC glucometer measurements, and then to evaluate the clinical impact this formula would have in the clinical setting on real patient samples. In this study, they used the veterinary AlphaTrack 2 glucometer, what Beckerl uses in her clinic. This specific POC glucometer has been shown to produce less error than other portable glucometers in canine patients when compared to lab analysis measurements. They utilized blood from six healthy staff-owned dogs. 60 mils of venous blood was collected in syringes with sodium heparin anticoagulant, and the whole blood samples were immediately analyzed for POC glucose, PCV, and total protein levels. The samples were then centrifuged to separate the plasma from the red blood cells. Plasma and red blood cells were reconstituted in 17 glass tubes to create varying hemoconcentrations ranging from 0% all plasma to 94%.
The POC and PCV total solids were then analyzed on each of the reconstituted whole blood samples. As expected, the POC glucose reading decreased with increasing PCV, and the POC glucose reading increased with the decreasing PCV. The glucometer was unable to read over half of the samples that had PCVs greater than 80%. All the reconstituted whole blood samples of varying hemoconcentrations were then centrifuged, plasma collected, frozen, and run on the laboratory glucose analyzer within seven days of collection. The difference between the POC glucose measurements and the corresponding lab analyzer glucose measurements were then plotted against each other and a correction formula was calculated. The formula created is as follows, corrected POC glucose equals POC glucose off whole blood plus pack cell volume times 1.6 and subtracting that number from 81.3. It's hard to read a formula on a podcast, so when in doubt, pull the original paper to check it out. Without the correction formula, the mean difference between POC glucose readings and lab analyzed glucose readings was 41 mg per deciliter, with a range of 62 to 99 mg per deciliter. Samples with a PCV in the normal reference range, 42 to 56%, had less than 10 mg per deciliter error when compared to lab glucose values. After using the correction formula on all validation samples, the mean difference dropped from 41 mg per deciliter to 5.4 mg per deciliter with a maximum difference of 23 mg per deciliter. The formula was then applied to 30 blood samples available in heparinized blood tubes from actual patients that had been admitted to the teaching hospital. The patient's pack cell volumes ranged from 12% to 72% with total protein measurements of 4.2 to 9 grams per deciliter, respectively. The mean difference between POC glucose and the laboratory glucose fell from 29 mg per deciliter to 5.5 mg per deciliter with the use of this correction formula. Now bear with me, there's a lot of abbreviations in the next paragraph. When in doubt, pull the original paper to check it out. This study found that the use of the corrected POC glucose formula significantly reduced the discrepancies between the POC glucose measurements and the lab glucose measurements. This study also attempted to analyze whether the corrected POC glucose would improve upon clinical action. As example, a POC glucose measurement for a patient reveals a clinically significant hypoglycemia that would normally trigger medical interventions such as administration of dextrose. But when the corrected POC glucose formula is applied to the POC glucose measurement, the resultant glucose measurement is actually less dramatic and not within the range to warrant medical intervention. The study results from this analysis were not explained in great detail, but it appears that the corrected POC glucose helped to correct the hypoglycemic measurements enough to prevent unnecessary medical interventions from being pursued based on the level of hypoglycemia. So what can we take away from this Vet Girl podcast? The study findings support that previously proven trends between POC glucose measurements being falsely elevated in hemodilute samples and falsely lowered in hemoconcentrated samples did exist. Utilizing the corrected POC glucose formula will help to limit the exaggeration of false hypoglycemia or false hyperglycemia obtained from whole blood samples that are either hemoconcentrated or hemodiluted, respectively. In conclusion, this study addresses a concern regarding glucose measurements obtained at time of triage when we have not had enough time or blood sample to analyze the patient's pack cell volume, total solids, and or lab analysis of the glucose measurement. 
perhaps we should start using this formula within our triage protocols to obtain larger sample sizes for analysis on the clinical usefulness of this formula.